Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm uh, an Australian mercenary guy. You can tell by my uh, voice that I'm very Australian. You can tell because you say the word bloody in every sentence and call people mate. That's it. 100% correct. Uh, How are you, friend? I'm doing well. I uh, had a pretty good weekend. I spent pretty much all day today while I was uh, watching things. Um, no, I watched trying things. to complete my trying to complete my uh, Pokemon Soul Silver Pokedex. Hmm. There you go. Uh, n- yeah, n- my joke was that I watched things, uh, which uh, I did. There's a movie called Things from 1989. Uh, that we watched yesterday. Uh, it's it's made by Barry J. Gillis. John Carpenter's The Things. Uh, no, Barry J. Gillis wishes this was a sequel to the to Things because then like maybe people would have liked it. Uh, it's shot on video. It's 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 really bad oh, no. because everyone is ADR'd over top of like everyone's delivering lines on screen. But then, like, everyone has really bad ADR over top of it, and, like, the Foley work is incredible, uh, except when they don't want there to be Foley work, where there's just no sound at, at all. Like, someone will fall over, and it should make, like, a, a, a bunch of sound, and it's just like, oh, silence, okay. <laughs> uh, it's on Amazon Prime, for those of you who are interested in uh, wasting away uh, 84 minutes of your life. By that and by that I mean I laughed so fucking hard at the first five minutes because the first five minutes are so ridiculous. After that, it's just kind of like a uh, I see what they're doing here for this. This is this is actually kind of boring, but uh, things go go search it out. I recommend the first five minutes because you will laugh your fucking balls off. Okay, right, I want to talk about one other thing really quick, and this isn't going to go in the direction you think it is. So don't try to cut into a different segment real quick. The NFL draft was this weekend, and, uh, you know, we as a society like feel-good stories. Uh, So the NFL draft thought they could, you know, jump on that. So uh, basically it was like one in every five draftees, they would come up with something being like, and this person's parents died. Or like this, their father was on the side of the road helping somebody fix a tire, and they were struck by an oncoming car. And it's like, wait a minute, what? Why Why are you telling me all of these personal tragedies for these people? Like, I'm sure they're not okay with that. Like, I, I'm sure they'd just rather just be a, a thing that no one fucking talked about, but instead is being brought up on a national fucking stage for no reason. Uh, my favorite one of these was uh, somebody's, in somebody's bio hit, 
Uh, it said their mom was addicted to drugs for 16 years. And it's like, the fuck? The, stop kay. Stop exploiting people's personal tragedies in order to make them seem interesting. They're football players. Like, we shouldn't be talking about their personal struggles throughout their entire lives. Like, talk about them playing football. I don't know. That's it. The NFL draft was weird. I, I, I enjoyed my time watching it, but it was fucking weird. I don't understand sports culture. I just don't understand that part of it. Like, why Why are we talking about personal tragedy for these people? Like, uh, fuck, I'm sure they want to be left alone about that. Just, just talk about their on-field accomplishments. And maybe, like, if there's something that actually affects them, like, uh, they were suspended for being a bad teammate, or they took too many drugs, or, like, they're not a good student. Like, things that actually affect, like, on-the-field availability. Talk about that. Not about, like... When this when this guy was seven, uh, they wa- they watched their father uh, get burned alive in a convenience store. Like, what what purpose does that serve? Is that real? No, that that was that was made up. <laughs> I think I for all I know, there was a prospect whose father died in, in a convenience store fire right in front of their eyes. Her parents died in a fire at a sea parks. Let's spend an entire episode constructing uh, constructing a sea parks, <laughs> trying to figure out how the fuck this happened. <laughs> well, are they wooden benches? No, they're concrete. No, they're concrete. Uh, the wood would swell <laughs> because of all of the water. <laughs> <laughs> it crowd, everybody, go watch it. Uh, no, we can never talk about it again. <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. What a great show. Uh, speaking of great show, why don't we move on to What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! And, uh, I'm, I'm trying to follow the president's advice on living clean, so I'm drinking some bleach. Alright, so, uh, make sure you have Vanessa send me your audio whenever you die. Uh, what are you? What are you actually drinking? It is. Uh, it is bleach white. I'm. I'm having a glass of milk. I just finished my dinner as I was watching our trailers for Downstream. So, oh no, 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 no sound break, everybody. We're we're still doing this part. I don't know. I tied one on last night, so I I think I'm good for now. That's fair. Uh, I am drinking. More Bombay, Bombay, Bombay Sapphire and Tonic with some lime. Some Tom Bombadil. Tom Bonnaroo. Uh, yeah, so it's good. It's less dry than the last time I had it, which uh, I think is due to the inclusion of more tonic water. But, it, yeah, it's fine. I like it. I'm enjoying myself. Okay. Well, that's all that matters. That's true. Uh, hey, speaking of things that matter, let's talk about some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Tell me the highlights of Netflix's letter to their shareholders. All right, uh, so from Q4 to Q1 of 2020, Netflix added one, uh, 15.77 million paid subscriptions, which uh, is about 10%. Uh, I know at one point last year I said they're never going to add subscriptions at a ridiculous clip, like 10% ever again. 
Uh, needless to say, I did not expect a global pandemic in order to help them do such things. So, uh, it is what it is. Uh, the average monthly revenue for quarter one was uh, $1.92 billion. So they're they're almost at that $2 billion a month uh, alchemy equation. Because you know, they, they can't get money from, from just subscriptions. They have to be, you know, getting it from somewhere else. Probably stealing it from Donald Trump. The devil. Yeah, you're the devil's son. Uh, we have viewing numbers. Ozark season three was viewed by 29 million people. Uh, some of these are projected because, like, they they came out late in the quarter. Uh, Tiger King projected to be viewed by 64 million people, which makes perfect sense considering how popular it was. Uh, Love is Blind, 30 million people. Spencer Confidential, 85 million people. Good lord! Holy fuck, bud! And uh, Money High Season 4, or Part 4, whatever the fuck it is, uh, 65 million people. So that is arguably their most popular non-English language show. Uh, and Netflix, I, I got this wrong. I, I read this wrong in, in their initial report. Uh, they actually issued a uh, billion dollars worth of junk bonds in order for uh, just a quick cash flow influx, which uh, doesn't make sense to me. You're the only company that's like mildly profitable at this point. Like, why are you, why are you doing such things? Like, pay down your debt. So it turns out they're not paying down their debt. They're just like getting an influx of cash, uh, for for this time period, which like oh good, I I guess makes some kind of sense. Being that like they're probably they're still trying to pay productions. They're still trying to pay workers and such. So, I don't know. It also depends on the interest rate on these these junk bonds. Like, if it's a negative interest rate, well, they're issuing it, so actually it wouldn't be a negative interest rate. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why they're not just paying down on their debt. That's what they just should be doing. But, I don't know. Uh, I'm one man. I have one opinion. Uh, I want to point out, also, uh, whenever whenever Netflix released, released their stockholder meeting thing, uh, they promptly shut up and then promptly precipitously dropped because everyone was like, because like for their Q2 anticipation, they were like, we don't know how, uh, you know, coronavirus is going to affect anything. And everyone's like, oh no, they don't know what that means. So that means we have to fucking sell everybody. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> so my, my tip to you guys is, uh, Netflix always does their stock calls on the 20th or the next available day afterwards of, uh, April, July, uh, October, and uh, January. So uh, if you have Netflix stock, wait until that comes out. Wait until the the shareholder meeting comes out and then sell because that's what everyone fucking does. Like that's they they just lose so much value on that day. Like just hold to that and then just sell and then uh, buy back after you, you made your profit on your socks. And then hold until the next time, and then sell, and, and just repeat that cycle uh, forever. You're welcome. Stonks. And I'm sorry. That's enough of finances with Dan. Uh, let's talk about our next news story, which is that Netflix has acquired the movie Enola Holmes from Legendary Pictures. Yes, it stars Millie Bobby Brown, and uh, I don't know anything else about it. 
Uh, Enola Holmes is based off of a, a literary series uh, of the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes, who will be played by Henry Cavill. She 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 also solves mysteries. Hmm. Okay. That's it. It was a big thing in their stockholder meeting was like, oh, we acquired this thing. And they put out a press release. So. Good enough. All right. Uh, so in an interview with uh, comicbook.com, Deborah Ann Wall, who played Karen Page on Daredevil and other Marvel Netflix shows, uh, says that since Daredevil got canceled, uh, she's struggling to find work and hasn't had an acting role since then. Um, it's because her agent's bad. She needs to fire her agent. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I, I thought she was the best, some of the best parts of those shows. Like, she always let, like, this grounded center, you know, for that, for that superhero life. Uh, she was in yeah. one thing. It was a Blumhouse movie released in January, so that means it was garbage. So, uh, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was, tr- was it Truth or Dare? No, it wasn't Truth or Dare. I can't remember. She was in one of those, and that was, like, her only role I saw her in outside of, like, the Marvel Netflix stuff. Yep. If uh, if you're an actor and you're out of work for two years, um, you need to fire your agent and hire Vanessa Gecko. That's simple science. Okay. Um, Castlevania's been renewed for a fourth season. Hooray! And Turn Up Charlie, which is a show about some things, I guess, uh, was canceled after one season. All right, so I did some research because, like, I saw that just on our television today. Like, Turn Up Charlie has been canceled. I'm like, what fucking show? And I did some research. It was that show where Idris Elba was a DJ who then became, like, a babysitter. Oh, yeah. That came out last year on, like, May 19th or something like that. So it's been almost a year since it initially premiered, which, like, normally that means, like, oh, negotiations are ongoing and, like, they're they're trying to hammer out details, but, like, there's no way they would last 11 months. So I just feel like Netflix and Idris Elba forgot they did this, and then just some, like, junior accountant was like, hey, I've been going through the books, and there's this thing for Turn Up Charlie, and, and everyone, like, it just kept getting passed up the ladder until it got to Reed Hastings. He was like... Oh, yeah, that. Fuck, I remember that. Fucking cancel that shit. And then that was it. Like, no one did did any... Okay. Did you watch Turn Up Charlie? Anybody? Did anybody watch the show? <laughs> because I don't remember seeing a single thing about it. Like, normally when Nef- like people say good things about shows, uh, Netflix will retweet you, unless you're us, in which case they will blatantly ignore you. Uh... I don't remember seeing anything for Turn Up Charlie at all. So if you watch the show, let us know. I, I want to know who, who actually uh, was tricked into watching this show that everyone forgot about. Do you remember when Idris Elba said he was a serious actor and that Marvel movies were beneath him, but then he did this and The Dark Tower and Cats? Did he actually say that? He actually did say that. He, was, he said he'll never be in a Marvel movie because it's beneath him, and he's he considers himself uh, a, a fine actor. Is he drunk? He's Heimdall. <laughs> he's Heimdall. Is, does he not know that he's playing in a fucking Marvel movie? Wait, is that the uh, the dude who controls the Bifrost? Yes. 
Are you sure you're talking about Idris Elba and not somebody else? I'm pretty sure. Because, like, I think it was in reference to that. Because, like, Heimdall dies. Yeah, Heimdall dies in Infinity War. Yeah. And he was just like, because people wanted to see his character come back or whatever and mm-hmm. and do stuff. And he was like, no, that's that's beneath me or whatever. Like, yes, yes, I know he was already in one, but. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I guess, I guess like after he got his enormous paycheck for it, he got shitty about it or whatever. But then he was also in Hobbs and Shaw and that movie's some yeah. balls. And then he rapped. I think he rapped in Turn Up Charlie, too. So that should teach Idris Elba. Don't rap in anything. But Beast of No Nation, though. Yeah, I can't can't remember the exact context of that, but, like, I know he came out and said, like, a bunch of shitty stuff about Marvel movies. Oh, I'm sure. it, It was cool to hate on Marvel at that point. Yeah. And now we don't get Marvel movies because... Because we don't get any movies. Yeah, except for uh, some upcoming stuff to Netflix in Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! What a segue. Thanks, friend. Uh, The first is for a movie. It's called The Lovebirds. We talked about this last week, how uh, Paramount optioned this to Netflix. So uh, here here it is, everybody. Uh, I guess this is... Sort of like that movie, uh, Date Night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Date Night? I do. Steve Carell. Was that Tina the Fey? name of the movie? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that movie. They, uh, I don't know. They're out doing things, and things go awry, and it gets crazy. How will they deal with the crazy situation? Well, don't shit on it too much, because that's our topic for the week it comes out. So. Be prepared to be very disappointed, but don't get disappointed just yet. <laughs> By the way, I entirely reworked May. Uh, because you showed no interest in the Eddie. Uh, I'm sure you're going to show no interest in our next thing, Hollywood, uh, which I had uh, big question marks because I didn't know how I'd feel about it. Uh, how do you feel about it, friend? It looks all right, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's done by Ryan Murphy, who has done such things as uh, American Horror Story, uh, American Crime Story, uh, The Politician. We want that trophy. I don't like anything Ryan Murphy's ever done. Uh, he also did Glee, apparently. <laughs> I don't like anything he's ever done. So I'm probably well, going to skip I was going to say, the one, uh, the one actor in this uh, was Blaine in Glee. Is that uh That's one of the unfortunate things that I know of uh because of my ex. Is he I'm trying to remember was he the guy who was Gianni Versace's lover in American Crime Story? Can't remember his uh. name right now. So someone will be like, Oh yes, that's that's who that was. So uh But uh Jim Parsons is in Hollywood. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, and uh they they got him to say fuck in the trailer. Yeah, they sure did. Aren't you aren't you titillated? Bazinga by by Bazinga. Just just say the just knock, say the knock, thing knock everyone penny. likes you for. 
Uh, so yeah, that that got uh, completely lifted from the schedule because uh, other things are happening. It's fine. There's no such as because this thing, this the, the our next trailer is not on the schedule at all. It's uh, the wrong Missy, starring David Spade. Looks like a, a good old Happy Madison. Yeah. So. And this is the thing, too, because Adam Sandler and his gang of cronies, they're all con men who are stealing money from Hollywood to pay for their elaborate vacations. So, of course, they go to Hawaii in this movie Mm -hmm. because they just wanted to fucking take a vacation to Hawaii. It's like, we'll fucking get Rob Schneider. We'll make a shitty movie. About this as we go. Yep, and uh, Nick Swartzen, who came on late to the whole uh, Happy Madison Brigade, uh, he's there too. He he looks old now, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, David Spade looks like fucking death. Well, for some reason, he went back to his Tommy Boy haircut uh, for ex- inexplicable reasons, like. If you, if you just got a uh, fucking rules of engagement, David Spade, w- with like the longer hair and the beard, like that guy at least looks like a, a human being. But here we have fucking Tommy Boy, David Spade. I don't get it. Yeah, and then you have Rob Schneider being gross and weird in the trailer. And they give away potentially the best part of the trailer or of the movie. Uh, at the very end, with Lauren Lapkus uh, falling off a cliff uh, and getting bludgeoned by many things, I'm not excited for this I feel movie. Like that, I feel like that gag is in like half of the fucking like Happy Madison crew movies. Sure, I haven't watched enough Happy Madison to say like, oh, someone fell, fell off a cliff. And, like, bash their neck against the fucking cliffside. And then hit a tree branch. And then faceplant it on the beach. Like, I, uh, I actually enjoyed that part of the trailer. But it was also in the trailer. And not a genuine surprise in the movie. I don't understand. I don't know. It was like... It's like Chekhov's cliff. Like, they, they were standing at the edge of the cliff, so of course somebody's gonna fucking fall off of it. Sure. I don't know. Uh, we spent uh, entirely too much time talking about this trailer. Uh, let's move on to the next one, which actually deserves some time spent on it. Uh, called All Day and a Night. Yeah, this is uh, a movie. It looks actually quite good. It's not a three-minute trailer. Uh, it's a minute and 50 seconds, which like uh slightly too long, but even still, whatever. Uh, unlike The Wrong Missy, which is a three-minute trailer for this movie, doesn't need to be three minutes long. Uh, regardless, uh, I'm anticipating this. It looks well-acted. It has Jeffrey Wright in it. I like Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. So, uh, basically, it's about a, a kid growing up in the ghetto, and, like, his dad was a gangster and shit, and, like, he's just kind of coming up in that, and it's, like, about, is he gonna escape is he gonna fall into that lifestyle too and then like he ends up having a kid and it's like does the kid have a chance and it's just kind of how like i i don't know like 
the sins of the father get passed down to the son or whatever. Sure. Nature also uh, it looks nature very versus good. nurture kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm anticipating it. It's actually like a movie that you know, uh probably should have been seen in theaters, but instead is going to be on Netflix because that's the only place we get movies anymore. Which I'm fine with. All right, our next trailer is for A Secret Love, a documentary. Uh this is about uh two women who were in a relationship for 65 and a half years and kept it uh undercover for that long because they didn't want to be persecuted during the 1940s. Um it looks really interesting. Also they were uh or at least one of them was uh part of the female like baseball league in the 40s like when all the men were at war so yeah so watch a league of their own and then watch this to get their full backstory yeah yeah i don't know uh it's a documentary uh i rarely take the time to watch documentaries so if i get to it sure yeah i don't know um it does look good like like you said, I don't know if I'll have the time to sit down and do it, but uh, if I'm not doing anything else and I see it pop up in my feed, I'll probably watch it. All right, that'll bring us to our final trailer, Into the Night. This is a French series about a, a plane uh, full of people that uh, are basically racing against the sun because the sun kills people? The sun bad. Um... Rammstein wrote a whole song about it. Uh, the sun's very bad and dangerous. And you have to run away. That's it. It's a movie about the sun killing people. Yeah. Uh, inexplicably a series. I don't understand. Do planes go faster than the rotation of the Earth? Sure. I think because they gotta go west against the rotation, like against the rotation of the the Earth. I mean, it depends on the plane, obviously, but I think so. Let's uh, let's Google this to find out. To see if this is even fucking plausible. Uh, Earth rotation speed. But I don't know. Why don't they just put on sunscreen? Holy fuck! A thousand miles per hour. <laughs> Nothing goes a thousand miles per hour unless we're talking like a fighter plane. Okay. This is already stupid. I already don't want to watch this. I mean, I didn't want to watch it from the from the get go, but Dan, I said, why don't they just put on sunscreen? That was a, that was a bad joke. Real bad joke. Die. Uh, let's talk about some things that happened in, uh, that we watched this week in quick hits. <laughs> All right, I watched Nailed It season four. Um, show's pretty funny. Uh, if you haven't been on Netflix for the last like four years that they've been doing this, uh, people have to bake stuff, but they're not very good at it, oh. so they make it look stupid. Oh, so it's me. Um, so there's one that was like uh, they're trying to make this cake that was like a sloth lounging on a branch and like I don't know so like all their shit was falling off and like the arms were all fucking weird and I don't know it's it's funny 
it's funny to watch people not know what the fuck they're doing. Sure. While competing for money, um, which really is like most businesses, I guess. Okay. Um, next, I watched uh, the Tiger King after show, which is Joel McHale talking to people who were on the Tiger King about their lives mm-hmm. and whether they think Joe Exotic was really that bad of a person. Um, all but one of them said yes. Who was the one person? Uh, the girl who got her arm bit off by the tiger. Really? Said that he was a really great guy. So, um, I don't get it. Uh, it was fine. Uh, and then I watched something called Coronavirus Explained, which is a limited series for some reason, although they only have one episode of it up right now. What? Um... Is this also it's, by Vox? Like, because they do the Explain series? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, it is a Netflix and Vox co-production. Um, it's narrated by J.K. Simmons. Oh. Uh, which is the best thing I can say about it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's fine. It's just, it's an info dump. It's easily digestible. It's about 26 minutes. They, they actually tell you facts. Um, so... Like, most people probably should watch it, because they'll come away understanding things a bit better. Uh, but does it explicitly tell people to not drink bleach and inject themselves with Lysol? No, because I think that happened after it was produced and ready for release. Yeah. So that'll be episode two. (laughs) Don't do that shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and then I watched The Midnight Gospel. Ooh. All right, you 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 finally gotten to things I care about. Yeah, uh so this is a surrealist adult animation science fantasy dark comedy adventure interview show. So it's every genre. It's a lot of things. Um so this was created by Pendleton Ward who made Adventure Time. Uh, and Duncan Trussell, uh, who you might know from the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast, uh, which is like, I guess he just like interviews people about like spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and like life and death and drug trips that they've had and all kind of shit like that. So like they use the audio from this podcast Mm -hmm. and made like these fucking trippy ass animations and like a loose story to go along with it okay so basically the main character is uh this dude named clancy who is a space caster like he makes a podcast and sends it into space uh and like he he has this machine called a a uh, a multiverse simulator that like he can go into this machine and like it sends him to different worlds that like don't exist anymore and he'll like find somebody there and interview them about all this crazy shit sure so like uh while while they're just talking about like you know in 
you know, the fucking chapter or whatever of the Talmud, like so-and-so says this about like the true nature of the universe. And like in the meantime, for no reason, there's just like a giant testicle monster lumbering through the background. Uh, it's, it's fucking weird and I love it. And like, I want to get edibles and fucking watch this show and be all fucked up. Because I think that that's what it's designed for. See, don't tell Ashley that. Ashley doesn't need any more excuses to go fucking, you know, <laughs> dabbing. I don't, I don't need that shit. Cause I, she gets too hyper, and I can't fucking take it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this This show makes me wish that, like, I could use marijuana because... Legally. Uh, the few times that I've done it, like... Makes me very paranoid, and I don't have a good time, and I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. You just explained why I don't smoke marijuana. Because I fear that I will be paranoid and will not have a good time. Yeah, some people just react poorly to it, and I'm one of them. I mean, I'm already super paranoid as it is, so... It's a a cool show. It also came out on 4-20-2020, so... Sure did. Uh, which Duncan Trussell's birthday is also 420. So, that's neat. Okay. No Star Trek for us this week? No Star Trek. Boo! Well, I watched a series of movies again this week because that's just what I do. Uh, I started with It Comes at Night, which uh, I knew nothing about, really. Uh, and it turned out to be, like, the perfect quarantine movie because it's basically about, like, this family who lives off in, like, this cabin in the middle of the woods that's isolated from everything. And there's this disease that's going around and killing people. Uh, the the opening scene and sequence is about an old man who is infected with this disease uh, who they kill and then burn his corpse in, in fear of infection. Uh, and then uh, a dude shows up who kind of looks like Kit Harrington, but isn't Kit Harrington. Uh, he brings his family uh, eventually to to their house, and then their is is their little kid sick? Who knows? Uh, it's a very paranoid movie. It's well acted. It's very simple. Like there's not really much to talk about. Like I I liked it. Uh, if you're one of those people that's like super paranoid about the pandemic and that kind of stuff. Don't watch this movie. But if you're looking for a pandemic-y movie that is just, like, not about the illness, but more about, like, how society breaks down and how everyone doesn't trust each other, this is that movie for you. Uh, then I watched Inception from 20, 2010. Because, uh, like last week, I can't stop watching things from 2010. Uh, it's a Christopher Nolan movie who is Caleb's favorite director of all time. Did they have to go deeper dan uh eventually they 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 couldn't go deeper because they went to limbo oh did they did they hit dream bedrock no 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 they uh they found hermes there actually and uh barbados slim Mm. these are references to futurama who both of those characters are limbo champions yeah Uh, that's good Uh, i like that movie a lot Barbados Slim, last time I saw you, you were at Barbados. And I'll be going back there after I kick your tubby ass. Uh, this is the one thing that I can't, like, I, I, I actually can stand Ellen Page in. So that means Christopher Nolan is an all-time great director. Just based off <laughs> of that simple fact alone. 
and I don't understand why you hate him so much if he can make Ellen Page a tolerable actress. I don't know. I really liked her in The Last of Us. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, uh, Yeah, go watch. Go watch Inception again. It's been a while. Also, like, or in my case, for the first time ever. Oh, really? You should you should watch it. I recommend it. Yeah. Actually, you remember when I borrowed it off of you for like a year and a half, and I never watched it. I think you still have that DVD. Because I was just like, eh, fuck it, just keep it. Because nah. like, I got the 4K set of the Christopher Nolan filmography. Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I gave it back to you. Uh, I think I said no, keep it because I just got the 4K co- Christopher Nolan collection. Uh. Well, then maybe I just own it and didn't realize I have it. That's fair. It's on Netflix. I mean, it doesn't matter. Watch it. You you should. I think you should watch it once, like, and then decide from there if Christopher Nolan is a human being that you can tolerate as an artist. Uh, and then I watched this movie called Every Time I Die. Now, this is Ashley's favorite movie of all time because she quit watching after 20 minutes. Ashley's in the room because I'm about to have her come on to talk about something. Uh, but Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the basic premise of this movie is that this guy is, is having an affair with a woman who has a, a husband who's in the army. Uh, the guy returns from army. Uh, they all meet up and go to like this remote cabin by the lake. Uh, this guy then approaches uh, our main character and is like, you, you're fucking my wife and kills him. Uh, and then that guy's spirit travels into one of his friends, and it's basically just like a video game from that kind of an aspect. Because like every time someone dies, or as the title suggests, every time I die, that spirit goes into a different body, and then they just that person just assumes that body for the rest of their 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 life. Um, it's very bad. It's not well acted. Like none of the like the best actor in the movie is the gay brother from Ozark. Uh the the gay redneck brother. Uh and people who watch Ozark know who I'm talking about. Uh there's a really cool third act twist that they then proceed to over explain for about five minutes. Uh which then ruins that twist entirely and makes me hate this movie. Uh don't watch every time I die. It's like a, a cool concept, but no one can act in it. And the the script treats you like you're a fucking moron. Sounds awesome. It does. All right, and now I'm going to turn everything over to Ashley to tell you all about Too Hot to Handle. Hi, Caleb. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am dumber after having watched this show. Much, yeah, much you dumber. Didn't, you didn't like seeing all the beautiful, sexy people having sexy sex in the sexy resort? <laughs> I knew kind of that I was like I watched this because I knew it was any mindless trash. I I 19 minutes into it, I had to pause and take note of all of the stupid things that I had seen and heard. And once that list reached over 10 things, I figured I should come on and read them all. Hooray. So like basically like the first 20 minutes is the introduction of all of these ridiculous characters um all of whom is one of them DJ Polly D ish but he's from the uk he just looks like him like a white boy version in fact he said something to the effect of um having an accent is like having a having an english accent in america is like having a 12 inch dick 
Um, a girl says at one point, I want to jump on, wait, I want to jump on him like a baby cheetah and pull him into my web. Which, duh. Baby, well, as everybody knows, cheetahs spin webs. Yeah. There's a, (laughs) you know, they trap their prey and, and why, uh, wrap them up and inject them with, uh, digestive fluids to later consume them. Everybody knows this. Obvi. I, um, hmm. Like I said, I'm dumber. There was a guy who said that he is like a star. He has his own gravitational force, which I actually thought maybe I was stupid and he was smart for a minute. So like I Googled it. Stars do not have gravitational forces, everybody. That is not physically possible. Wait, what? What did you just say? He's the guy who's like, I'm Kells. I'm like a star. I have my own gravitational force. And you're saying that stars don't have a gravitational force? According to Google. But stars are extremely massive. They would have a lot of gravity. I looked it up on Google. So. <laughs> every Everything that is comprised of matter exerts gravitational force on every other object. Oh my God, maybe I should have gone on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I Now I feel bad. Okay, so the only other funny thing that happened during the intro, not the only other, but the only one I'll mention, was this dude came on, and it's like this tropical island, and he's wearing like cotton hammer pants, for lack of a better word, a really, really deep V-neck cotton shirt, and then like a wool beanie, and he looks like fucking hipster Jesus, and the host said that she bets he does well on Christian Mingle, which gave me a good belly laugh. Wait, the host or the hose? <laughs> the host, not the hose. That's a that's a tremendous joke. It was a fabulous joke. In fact, it was the reason that I decided to click on the show. That and the fact that I'm kind of burnt out on the 12 shows that I'm currently watching. So, yeah. Well, half of the shows, actually, I'm waiting on Dan to, like, agree to watch the next episode. But every time I suggest an episode of something, he's like, no, I don't want to watch that just because I suggested it. And he's needlessly stubborn. Well, sometimes you just need garbage to put things into perspective and remind you of how good you have it. Um, I just wanted him to watch another episode of Grace and Frankie. Is he not watching Grace and Frankie anymore? He's not watching Grace and Frankie. He hasn't watched an episode in like a month. Dan, watch Grace and Frankie. I know, right? He's like, well, I don't want it to become Dan's Grace and Frankie segment. I was like, babe, you just watch. He doesn't have to talk about it. Every time I die. I like I'm going to continue watching Star Trek. I don't have to talk about it. Like I said, needlessly stubborn. Listen, 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 listen. It's not my <laughs> fault that every time I die sucked and I heard good things about it. It's everyone else's fault for being stupid and saying it's a good movie. No, it's your fault for choosing to watch that instead of advancing the Grace and Story Frank Wait, the, the damn it. <laughs> Fucking the the side effects of marijuana, ladies and gentlemen. Bubby, come over here. I'm done. Hey, oh, done? hey, you have to watch the Midnight Gospel. What's that? Don't tell me it's uh, sex It's a in show a that's very good to be high to. Oh, what's it about? Uh, I explained it earlier on the show, but basically, it's um, this guy does a, an interview podcast mm-hmm. about like spirituality and like drug trips and weird shit like that. So like, he just interviews people, but then they like animated it. So there's like. All these weird monsters and shit lumbering around oh, while they're shit. talking about, like, about Buddha and shit. Yeah, I will uh, definitely check that out. 
But uh, what would you rate Too Hot to Handle? As somebody who loves fucking trash TV, I will say there's enough things to kind of go find. It's only eight episodes, which is nice. They don't they don't drag it out. Um, seven out of ten. The people are pretty. The host okay. is fucking atrocious. But some of the people are personable enough. There's yeah, it's is he as bad as Nick Lachey? Oh man, different ways bad, but yes. <laughs> Okay, last question. Okay. What Italian cuisine have you been fucking up lately? I don't think I cooked anything Italian lately, did I? <laughs> no. <laughs> N- nothing, and go fuck yourself. I don't like ricotta cheese. It's just not my jam. Eh, I don't think well, anybody really does, but... When- you made the spaghetti and oh, the That meatballs. doesn't count because you made the marinara and I just bought pre-made fucking meatballs and I just put them that's in the air fryer. You put them in the air fryer? That's why they were fucking so hard on the outside. Well, I know. I I baked them. <laughs> I put them in. I just called uh, the toaster thing the air fryer. I it's baked a toaster them. oven. Whatever. I did this to you guys. Oh, my God. This, you guys, he needs to go to work. I work. Oh. I work every day. <laughs> No, you I'm need sorry to I ruined to- your relationship. No, we're actually surprisingly good considering how little we actually physically saw each other before we moved in together. I should... He does like to poke the bear and get surprised when the bear comes out and claws him. But- well, yes, that's, that's how me. he's always been. Yes, he like he likes to poke the bear and go, you're so mean to me all the time. And I was like, yes, you poked the bear all day. 100% of the time, even even if I'm nice to you. Why are you dancing like that? Because I love you. Okay, take these headphones back. Caleb, it was nice talking to you. It was nice talking to you. We should do it more. We should. Actually, we have BoJack Horseman coming up whenever, like in the next like three weeks or so. Yes. Caleb, I'm too high for this. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's everything we watched this week. Cool. Well, why don't we cut into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our featured review for the week, Extraction, starring Chris Hemsworth, and uh, produced and written by Russo's. you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to talk about our feature review for the week, Extraction. Yep, Extraction is a new action movie from Netflix. It's currently a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Nice. Uh, it was number one in U.S. Netflix today. Uh, directed by Sam Hargrave, written by Joe Russo, based on the graphic novel Ciudad. Is that correct? Uh, I, I didn't even know it was based off anything, so. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, produced by the Russo brothers and starring Chris Hemsworth and uh, some people from India whose names I'm not going to do the 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 disservice of butchering oh, sure. the names. Um, plot synopsis, Tyler Rake, a fearless black market mercenary, embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. So, what was your hot take on extraction? It's fine. It's fine. Like, I don't know. Like, just to talk about this really quick, I think John Wick has, like, completely ruined action movies for me as we go forward because, like, yes, Chris Hemsworth put in some time on this, but he didn't put in, like, the Keanu Reeves time in on this where it's, like, he has all the gunplay down, like, he's doing all his own stunts and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. John Wick, it's almost like the fucking, uh, why can, I, why can I never remember the title? Equilibrium. I love that movie. I can never remember the fucking title. Sure. Like, it's almost like gunplay as a martial art in itself. Whereas this is, like, wildly practical. Like, all the all the fight choreography and stuff, it's, like, real stuff that people would do if they're trying to kill each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Not, not, not to step on your dick, like, right. continue with what you're saying, but... But, like... You get, like, you know, it's the star. It, it, it's not like, oh, we're clearly trying to play the camera around it, not this not being our star in the movie. Like, Keanu Reeves, like, he's doing these moves himself. Like, and like I said, I'm sure Chris Hemsworth is doing a lot of this stuff himself, but, like, every now and then there's, like, this quick cut, and it's like, oh, that's clearly not Chris Hemsworth taking this punch right. or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, and that... That probably was my biggest problem with the movie is just the camera work. Um, there's a lot of like kind of sweeping camera work and it's very up tight into the action. Like I would like some wider establishing shots. Mm -hmm. But like you said, they're probably trying to hide the fact that it was a stuntman. Right. Um, but like it's not. Like, it's not a bunch of, like, choppy cuts and stuff. Like, it's no. not, like, a fucking Batman Begins action scene <laughs> like I was bitching about the other week. Like, they have, like, continuous shots. It's just that they're very up close and the camera's, like, sweeping around. Like, in a lot of it, you almost feel like a voyeur watching, like, over their shoulder as they're running through these, like, crowded marketplaces and stuff. Well, right, and the big claim to fame this movie's going to have is that giant one-shot, like, in the middle of the first act, where, you know, he's rescued the kid, and they're, like, doing that driving sequence, and then there's, and then they crash the cars, and then, you know, they go up through that and They're that in that, apartment like, apartment building. complex or whatever. Yeah, like, that, that's a very impressive one-shot sequence. Like, that's going to be, like, the number one thing everyone points out with this movie is how yeah. great that one-shot is. Because it really, it really is. really good. But otherwise, like, yeah, this is this is an action movie. Yeah, and uh, I, I will say, you know, John Wick notwithstanding, um, and also because I haven't seen John Wick's 2 and 3, mm -hmm. uh, and I only watched the first one begrudgingly because yes. you made me... Um, but, like, this is probably one of the best action movies I've actually seen in recent years, like, probably since, I don't know, 
Dread was the last thing that was like kind of in this vein that I really cared for. Sure. It has a lot of DNA from Triple Frontier. Oh, yeah. It's also got a bit of DNA from, like, Taken or something. Yes. With, uh, like, a little bit, not directly, but, like, kind of in that same vein. But, like, yeah, so, I don't know, it's not something that I would call wholly original, but, like, it it reuses parts of other movies well, I would say. Sure. Uh, it's, it's decent. Okay. I don't really have anything else uh, other than the the very beginning of the movie that's non-spoilery. So let's just talk about really quickly the very beginning of the movie where we do a two days earlier scenario for some reason. Right. Which is just start at the beginning. Don't do a two days earlier. Yeah. Just start at the beginning of the movie. It's so easy yeah, to do. Yeah, for some fucking reason, there's like, there's a cold open, which it's just a few seconds... But it's, like, shit that happens at the climax of the movie. It's, yeah. like, just just fucking start at the beginning. Like, it's a minute of it. screen time, and for most people, it's not a thing that actually matters. But, like, to me, it's like, eh, I don't want to see, like, I, I, I want to see the context of this. Like, in reality, all it is is just, like, a guy struggling to cross a bridge, and he sees visions of a, a child playing on a beach. Very extremely blurry. Visions of a child on a beach. And it's like, well, I have no context for this. Like, why are you showing this to me? Just just start at the beginning, and you can explain the context of, of such shots. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess the only other thing I'll say before we get into spoilers is, like, there's some things in the movie that they... I don't know if they tried to go too much in just, like, real-world logic of how shit, like, actually happens in real life. But, like, for, for in terms of, like, being a movie, some of the ways that, like, things resolve at the end of the movie are, like, really disappointing from a movie standpoint. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, real life sucks, but, like, also I'm, I'm watching a movie for, like, escapist purposes, so, like, I don't know. I I would have liked things to be, like, slightly restructured. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it more specifically, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. All right, uh, what would you rate Extraction? Three! It's fine. Uh, there there are some other bits that we'll get into spoilers. Uh, particularly, there's there's the central relationship in the movie that I never bought for a single second, and like it's supposed to pay off with like an emotional ending, and it, it never paid off for me. I never I never found the central relationship believable. So uh, ultimately, that's where the the movie fails. Like I feel like the action's good enough that I would have been like, oh yeah, if the if the story was at least competent. Well, okay, I lied. It's competent. If the if the story elevated it, the movie would itself would have been elevated. But uh, as it turns out, the story is just run of the mill to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go three and a half. It's it's pretty good. All right, we're gonna cut into spoilers. So if you don't want to know anything about Extraction as of yet, uh, skip forward in the show notes. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. 
Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right, uh, so we're in spoilers. So, yeah, uh, the, the relationship between Tyler and Ovi, like, up until, like, the third act... Like they they have a conversation like right at the beginning of the third act where Ovi is just like so you just think of me as a thing and Tyler's like pretty much yeah and then after that they have like this emotional bond that feels completely unearned to me. Uh, I don't know. Like Tyler, like Chris Hemsworth character, like he's he's a fucking mercenary. Like, like he's just doing it for for money but like he forms this emotional bond with the kid which like if that's just kind of how he is like how has he survived this long as a mercenary right and like to me it would also be different if Ovi was younger or his actual son in the movie was older and you know he we got to an age where like he and Ovi are like the same age so it's like makes sense but instead it's like his kid is like six when he dies, and then he just continues being a mercenary because like he doesn't care about life, or that's what's implied. Maybe his kid would have been Ovi's age, you know. I I don't know. Like there, there's no real. I don't really understand why Tyler has a connection to Ovi in any kind of capacity, other than he's just a really swell guy. Yeah, like it was just like, oh, I'm a mercenary. You're you're a mission. That's all you are to me. And I'm a I'm a mercenary. I do murders for money. Yeah. He even says such things. <laughs> Mercenaries do murders. <laughs> so like yeah, I, I for for this movie to elevate itself, it it that central relationship had to be better than it was. And you know, I don't know I, I don't think either of them are bad actors. I just don't think they're good enough actors to elevate it to the point where it needed to go. And I don't know if the story was written out well enough for that relationship to be elevated to the point where it needed to go because we get a couple useless subplots to this movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, on one hand, like this is a two hour movie. They had all the time in the world to, to flesh out that relationship more, mm -hmm. but also like they, like, I feel like they made an, an effort to like, get to the point and keep the action moving as much as possible. So I don't know. I would agree with that. If they didn't have that whole subplot with Farad, the, the thief kid or like the kid who becomes like, yes, the, the junior to the main bad guy. Like if, yes. if you just excise that entirely, character number 26, yeah, excise that character entirely. And I'd agree with you. But we still spend about 10 minutes of, of screen time on that character for some reason. And he's no. so, he's beyond useless to the plot. And unless there's going to be like an extraction two where that kid becomes like the main bad guy for extraction two, what was the point of his storyline? Yeah. And that's one of the unsatisfying things that I was saying from the ending. Like, I don't know, just like show him getting fucking gun down holding up a convenience store or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he he kills tyler 
seemingly, uh, with a, a bullet through the neck. And, and we'll talk about the final shot of the movie here in a minute. But, like, they all miss, the, you know, despite being trained professionals, they all miss their shots on a kid standing still. Because yeah. cause that's how it works. Well, it was because of the emotional moment, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I'm fine with that of, like, the, the protagonist dying. Because, like... Yeah. From from the beginning of this movie, like, I did not expect him to make it out of it. And, like, not even considering the fact that they basically show him dying in the fucking first 30 seconds of the movie. Right, because it's very obvious that he wants to die. Like, he, he, he jumps off a 30-meter cliff, uh, which is roughly uh, 90 feet or maybe 100 feet uh, yeah. for you American people. So, like... And then he stays submerged in the water, so seemingly potentially wanting to die. Uh, so, like, yeah, I'd never expect him to live either. So, like, I was fine with that. But it, I, I don't know. Like, to me, the Farad storyline is so unsatisfying because at no point do we get a resolution to his storyline. We don't, like... The the guy's just like, hey, I like this kid. And then the kid's like, I want to prove myself to the, the bad guy who I can't even remember because he, he's just so there. Like, he doesn't do anything other than... He's just, like, generic bad guy. Yeah, like, he's just the it's reason like, I'm, the plot I'm the happened. drug dealer. I'm going to make you t- take the drugs. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, I, I think... Uh, and to go back to your original point, I would agree with you that the movie just wanted to get in, get out, get going. If they didn't have that whole useless character subplot, but instead we did. What do you think about David Harbour's part? I mean, I knew basically right away that he was going to betray Tyler. Like it, it was very yeah, obvious because it's because that's the plot point that's directly lifted from Taken. And I, well, mm, I wouldn't consider. This is talking about Taken. I wouldn't consider him associating with the the French guy being the French guy trying to betray him. It's the French guy just being like, I sit behind a desk, I have power now, and I want to keep that power, so I want to get you the fuck out of my country. Here it's just like, oh, I want $10 million. And like that's that's his entire motivation. It's like, oh, I just yeah. want more money. I, I want $10 million and for my family to stay alive. Yeah. Which, like, that'll bring us to Saju, who is the the enforcer for uh Ovi's father who basically is like yeah and he's basically like Indian terminator I love that guy he's such a fucking badass like it, like I get that we have to have like star power and Chris Hemsworth to get you your butt in the seat to watch this movie but like if extraction was just like him assembling a team and him going to get this kid I think I would have liked it much better because it makes sense like Every everything he does makes perfect sense in the movie. Like if anybody's motivation is well written in this movie, it's him. Well, I I don't know, like cuz at first him and Chris Hemsworth are fighting each other mm-hmm. and it's just like uh he's just going to do whatever it takes to get through like basically go through anybody to like rescue this kid. It's like uh I don't know, it's it's cool. He's a cool character. Yeah. Like he is he has purity of purpose in the story. In the story, the fuck is a story? He serves a pseudo antagonist because, like, he kills the whole extraction team, 
because like they don't have the money to pay the extraction team. So he yeah. his his basic goal was like let them do the work, mop them up, and then take the kid and take him back to India, which like super simple character wants to protect his family. Like I I, I liked it a lot. Like yeah, he's an antagonist, but like at least I understood his entire motivations. He's an antagonist to Tyler, I should say. Like he's not like the true antagonist, but like he, he it was a good subplot for the movie, and then eventually it's just like. Fuck it, we know you can't pay, just, like, let's team up and get this kid out of here. Like, that's all that matters, is getting this kid out of here at this point. <sighs> Vanessa was so upset about us saying that Tyler died that she came over and wrote a note saying he did make it out and showed it to me. <sighs> so that'll bring us to the final shot of the movie, which is Ovi doing the same thing that Tyler did, except off of, like, a ten-foot, you know, diving stool. And then he surfaces, right. and then we see what looks like uh, a a blondish Australian man standing in the the background of the shot. So, so right. did Tyler make it? Well, like I don't know. The other fucking week when we watched Tiger Tail, he fucking saw his dead parents. Like fucking movies just show things sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. If fucking got shot through the neck, he's fuck. He's fucking oh, dead. No. If he if he is alive after <laughs> falling into a very dirty looking river, I'd be yeah. infinitely surprised. Like he would he would immediately have sepsis. That's the thing people never talk about in fucking movies. Like, I don't know. Like, I always bring this movie up as like example of like shitty action movie, but like Rambo three. He gets, like, fucking blown up, and he has, like, a piece of wood sticking through his side that he, like, yanks out and fucking cauterizes it with, a like, the powder from a bullet. Yeah. And then, like, three minutes after that, he's, like, wading through a sewer. And it's, like, even if he made it out through to the end of the movie, he would die, like, two weeks later from, like, the horrible, horrible infection that he would have. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, Tyler's dead. Like, I don't care who's at the end of the movie, although I did feel like showing what looked like a a very blurry Chris Hemsworth is cheapen- cheapening the the emotional moment between him and Ovi of, like, Ovi crying and, like, Tyler right. giving him, like, the fucking Terminator thumbs up before he fucking falls over the bridge into the into the river. It's like... Like, yeah, like, it's not super emotional, because, like, I mean, it's emotional for the movie, but, like, I don't find that emotional, but, like, you've cheapened that moment now by just being like, ah, maybe he's alive and watching over the kid because Saju's dead, and Saju can't walk watch over him now. It's like, that's, that's fucking dumb. I don't know, the one thing that I really liked from the, uh, fucking where are they now bit at the end of the movie is, like, the fucking drug dealer who, like, kidnapped the kid just goes into the bathroom to take a piss and that uh like Tyler's boss mm-hmm. just walks out and she just fucking shoots him through the head like she's fucking ordering a pizza like it's fucking nothing mm-hmm. that was pretty cool well then she pumps like three or four more rounds in him as yeah. he lays dying in the first place and it's like all yeah. right that makes like, sense he he definitely didn't make it out oh, after that yeah he's definitely not going to be a rush hour 3 <laughs> 
that's... unless they like RoboCop him. Well, that's true. Uh, but like, I I like that because it's like okay, I work I work with Tyler. Like this is my emo. Like that's also what makes me think that Tyler's dead is because like she shot him like multiple times. Like it's like fuck you for killing my friend, you piece of shit. Like I hate you. Yeah, and like that's the other thing because like she they're all mercenaries. Like there's there's nothing to gain from that except pure vengeance. Yeah, like that was a that was very much a passion killing. And I mean, I don't know what's up with Farad. Like I don't, I, I don't know where he is. Like I, uh, maybe they just forgot about him. But like he's the one who actually delivered the killing blow to Tyler. Like I felt like there should have been something with him. But it's just like, oh, he fucks off, and you know, we never see him again. Yeah, like I said, like I, I wish they would have just showed him like trying to rob somebody, and they just like shoot him, and he just dies in like a stupid shitty way. Yeah, because he was a stupid shitty character. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about extraction? No, I um, I actually did have fun with it. Like it's, it's not bad. No, definitely enjoyable. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, I will say there is one dodgy CGI effect. That's when there's that they 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 cause that big car crash in the in the streets. Oh, and the explosion. The explosion looks just fucking yeah, awful. Yeah, super fake. Other than that, like the effects looked pretty decent, but yeah. That that was the one glaring and it's like jarring how bad that looks. But other than that, yeah. Extraction. All right. Well, let's cut into a quick break and uh when we come back, we'll talk about our patron review for the week, uh which is Blow starring Johnny Depp. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to talk about our patron review for this week, Blow. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Blow is a 2001 biography crime drama film. Uh, this is the true story of how George Young, along with uh, the Medellin cartel headed by Pablo Escobar, established the American cocaine market in the 1970s in the United States. This is directed by Ted Dem, written by uh, Bruce Porter, based on his book, and uh, David McKenna wrote the screenplay. And it stars Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz. And, uh... Don't you dare forget fucking... Ethan Suplay. 
Well, Ethan Suplay is in here. Paul Rubens is in here. Ray Liotta's in here. Paul Rubens doing his best Dustin Hoffman impression. I thought Paul Rubens was very good in this, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks exactly um, like Dust- Dustin Hoffman in this. Like, it's it's actually kind of spooky. Yeah. It's kind of uncanny. Um, yeah. This has a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Uh, this was given to us by Gerald of Two Piece on a Podcast because he likes his Johnny Depp movies and also the movies that have a ton of uh, inner monologue because he also likes Goodfellas, also starring Ray Liotta. I was going to say, this is basically like drug Goodfellas. Oh, 100%. That's, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, half an hour, I'm like, this is just Goodfellas, but with drugs. It's just Goodfellas, yeah. More cocaine and less murders. Yeah. Actually, I'm like almost like one or two murders done, none yeah. done by the main character. But I mean, I like Goodfellas. Goodfellas is fine. Uh, what else? This movie has a really bad case of Forrest Gump syndrome, which is that it just fucking plays songs all the time. Uh, oh, yeah. To remind you of what time period they're in. I'm I'm really surprised we didn't get that. Uh, oh, what's that one song that always gets played during uh Vietnam War movies? Uh, Paint It Black. No, not not that. Not uh, not the Rolling Stones. Uh, the Creedence Clearwater. I, I think it one? might be Fortunate Son. Uh, that sounds right. It's like bow now, bow now, bow now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, that that one always gets played during like the mid to late seventies. Always. Um, I don't know. I was uh I guess kinda pleasantly surprised when the movie started because it begins with uh the only Rolling Stones song that I like. I can't remember off the top of my head right now what that was. It's, uh Can't You Hear Me Knockin'? Because I hate the Rolling Stones, but that song's pretty good. I have no opinion on the stones one way or another, so I don't really give a shit. I'm sure someone will take offense. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think people remember them being a lot better than they actually were. Just because they were so prolific, but like, I don't know. I just, I just think they're overrated. Um, Like this movie. Yeah, this movie's fine. It's all right. Uh, uh, Johnny Depp doing a, a mass hole accent is uh, kind of funny. <laughs> Fucking Boston George. He had to go and get his khakis. <sighs> I don't know. Like, this movie's all just all like matter of fact stuff. Like, at the beginning of the movie, I felt bad for his character because it's like, oh, his mom is just like this piece of shit who talks about money and status all the time. So like, and and, and his character is like has just reverence for his dad because his dad was infinitely patient with her and took her always took her back whenever she would leave because they didn't have enough money. Uh, and so what what does George go out and do but just make obscene amounts of money? And many, many times does his mom just be like, all right, I'm fucking turning you into the cops because you're getting your, all this money illegally. And it's like, bitch, you, you want, like, you want what he has. Yeah. Like, he's been sending you money. Like, I don't understand what the problem here is. 
Also, Penelope Cruz is really good at playing a fucking crazy asshole who destroys his life, too. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's... It's on purpose that the women seemingly destroy his life. Like, he just... You know, he wanted to get away from his mom. Like, you know, show her respect, but, like, not really deal with her. And then he just finds a woman who's almost exactly like his mom. Who, you know, sabotages her relationships because... Reasons? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't really know what to talk about with this. Like, it's just a bunch of, like, historic things that happened and, like, Johnny Depp narrating things that happen. Because, like, the last scene that Ethan Soup plays in, it's like, and then I never saw Tuna again. Who knows what happened to him? Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> Come back, Ethan Soup play. The movie was great when you were in it. Yeah. You never saw me die. <laughs> Just fucked off in Mexico. Like, that was the thing is, like, this movie is also, like, the cautionary tale of greed because, like, eventually, like, he just keeps getting greedier and greedier and greedier until it finally catches up to him and then he has nothing. Well, like, I don't know. He's always trying to get, like, after he initially gets knocked off of, like, his high horse, he's always trying to get back up. But, like, every time he just gets fucking knocked right back down. But, like, he'll never... I don't know. Like, he keeps trying to do the same things to fix it that, like, keep fucking it up. I don't know. Sure. I, I thought it was really weird, too, that this movie decided to demonize his daughter. Because, like, it goes very hard on painting him as a sympathetic character. And then the last thing in the movie is, like, and his daughter never came to visit him in prison. Here's her full name. I, it's like, all right. I, mm, I didn't take it as that. I was just like, he, like, this is the other side of the coin. Like, because he, he tried to be like his dad to her. Whereas, like, I want to be in your your life. I want to be the reason, like, you know, you turn out to be like a good person or whatever. And it's just like, she she never saw him as that. Like, she never saw him as a good person. It was always just, like, because he was never around, everyone could paint him however they yeah. wanted to. And so he got to become the villain of her story as opposed to what he was, which is, like, not a good guy, but, like, a misguided guy. He was just, I don't know. He was the man for his time and place, I yeah. guess. Um, I don't know. He actually, like, the real dude, like, he actually just got out of prison a couple years back. Yep. And then he went back in because he violated his parole, because he went to speak in San Diego. Did he really? Oh, yeah. I looked this up. This man, I, I eventually got so fed up with this movie, I was just like, all right, what the fuck happens? And then I researched this guy, and it's like, yeah, he got out in 2015, broke his parole in 2016 to go speak in San Diego. So... Yeah. So is he is he back in prison now? Uh it's possible. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh I don't know. It's like a 3, I guess. Yeah, it's a 3. It's 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 fine. All right. Uh that'll lead us into next week's show. Uh, where next week we talk about the Kenya Barris series, hashtag Black AF. Yeah, I'm excited. And we're also doing a cautionary tale of Netflix. Now, 
Uh, the rotation turns it back to me. However, I did get what I asked for last week when we talked about wrestling. So I've decided to hand it back to Caleb to pick a bad movie for us to watch. Uh, well, Dan, you fucked up. Okay. Next week, we're going to watch and review Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There we go. I don't hate that movie like everyone else does. I don't, I don't understand the hatred of that movie. I'm interested to see what I think of it, having only ever seen Raiders and thinking that it was just okay. I'm sure you're going to say it's an Indiana Jones movie. I'd be interested. uh, So watch that like relatively early this week and then watch the other two. And then let me know how like we we don't have to do it during quick hits, but let me know like during the review, like how you felt about the other two after watching Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I'm curious, like if there's like contextually if they're good or if like they're actually just good movies. So you want to do the opposite thing of what you had Ashley do with Star Wars? Yes. Because because we know the generally accepted way. Let's find out what the, uh, let's find out if this is a a generally accepted way as well or potentially a bad idea. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't know why everyone hates this movie. It's it's an adequate, it's an adequate movie for an adequate time. (laughs) And it's got Shia LaBeouf. It is a time capsule because they were trying to make Shia LaBeouf a thing. <laughs> In terms of big blockbuster, blockbuster, yeah, blockbuster action. You remember when he showed up to some red carpet event with a paper bag over his head that had I'm not famous anymore written on it? No. I don't pay attention to celebrities. I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. <laughs> there's a there's an op-ed piece. Or uh, that I saw on Reddit today that was like, celebrities are more boring than ever. And it's like, yeah, because they what don't do get they to know? spend all do their money. Do they know things? Well, like, what what do celebrities get to do now? Nothing. Like, they don't get to go to, like, the red carpets. They don't get to, like, spend lavish amounts of money on lavish vacations. Like, they don't do anything. They just sit at home like us. Like, yeah, they're, they ultimately wind up being boring people who are only interesting because they can spend money. Yeah. I don't know. I think people just think celebrities are interesting. It's like, oh yeah, and know. and they pay money to keep that perception. This is like they're they're talented at acting, and we see them on on screens in front of us all the time. Yeah, it's, it's all they're good. It's at. almost like we pay them to do that. No, 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 Caleb. It's alchemy. That's how they have their money. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, tell them stuff so we can get out of here. Sure. Uh. As of release date, uh, you can go to the Epic Film Guys podcast page uh, and find Nick and I talk about Dolomite, the Rudy Ray Roar movie that was uh, you saw the making of basically in Dolomite is my name. Uh, Watch both because Jesus Christ, like Dolomite is completely recontextualized after you watch Dolomite is my name. It's it's kind of amazing. Uh, So you can do that. Uh, you can also find us uh, anywhere on the internet, Netflix and Swill. Go to Podchaser. They're still doing that for the remainder of the month, uh, which is only two days after release date. So go review us on Podchaser. Go review your favorite uh, shows on Podca- Podchaser. You know, uh, hashtag reviews for good. Do all that stuff. Uh, other than that, we love you. Get ready for live stream for The Cure. I don't know what we're doing yet. Probably a cautionary tale of Netflix. Probably something just just awful. Just truly terrible. 
This this also came up under my search for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. For Livestream for the Cure, we should watch and review Undercover Grandpa starring James Caan. Sure. That's it. We we did it. Undercover Grandpa, everybody. That's our live stream for the Cure segment. <laughs> I hate you. I hate myself. All right. Well, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.